Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. Okay, I thought I, 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 thought I didn't see anybody, but um, uh, I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Anyways, tomorrow is Christmas. It's my uh, 68th Christmas. Isn't that something? Do you ever think about that in your ages, how many you go through? And you wonder how many more out, how many more you're going to go through? Anyway, so what I thought I wanted to do, I thought would be good for us today is to talk about just the gift that we receive at Christmas. So I'd like you to, it's gonna, I'm going to take it to a, a passage that's not in the Christmas account, but it's in Romans 5, and it's Romans 5. We're going to start reading at verse 12. I want you to notice how many times the gift is mentioned here and even how many times the free gift is mentioned. Romans 5 and verse 12, and we begin, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon, for all you Calvinists, all men, for all have sinned, I think they agree with us on that. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one... Many be dead, much more the grace of God, and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification, for if by one man man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of judgment came upon, there it is, all men again, to condemnation, even so the righteousness of one, the free gift, came upon there it is again. Mic drop. Boom. All men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did abound, uh, did much more abound. So that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow, that's pretty clear there, isn't it? It's a pretty good passage to start off this Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve morning. Dr. Henry Morris, how many are familiar with Dr. Henry Morris? He, is the, uh, he founded the Institute of Creation Research 
You don't hear much about him because of Ken Ham and the Ark and all the stuff there. Uh, but Dr. Henry Morris was a, a, a great uh, uh, a creationist and, and very good. I've read a lot of his books. And uh, once, once he gave an account of what he called a wonderful lady who was diagnosed with an incurable disease one month before Christmas, and she only had a few weeks to live. So she had lived a long and productive ser uh, life serving Christ and was not at all fearful of death. In fact, uh, when she set her husband down to tell him of her impending death, she said that she, would actually, she was actually looking forward to spending her first Christmas in heaven. Now, indeed she did. She went to heaven just a few days before Christmas, spent Christmas in heaven with Jesus. So 2023, if you think about it, was a rough year for, all, for many people. Um, many have lost people to death and to sickness. Um, some without Christ, but praise God, some with Christ. They had trusted their lives into his hands and are now spending their first Christmas in heaven. I want you to think about that. That should comfort a lot of you today. To me, that's a comforting thought for us who are still here, suffering in this world. But it reminds me of a poem I once heard. I am having my first Christmas in heaven, a glorious, wonderful day. I am standing with all the saints who found Christ, the truth, and the way. I'm now singing with the heavenly choir, whom I had only wished to sing. And oh, what celestial music we bring to our Savior and King. I am singing the glad redemption songs, how Jesus came to Bethlehem to save us from all our wrongs. Now I can see why I love Christmas, and oh, what a day it will be when all of my loved ones spend Christmas here with me. So, dear ones, I send my greetings with an invitation that you must hear. Receive the gift of Jesus before it's too late, and one day you, too, will spend Christmas here with me, and to the glory of God I wait. You know, she gave her life to Jesus, received him as her Savior, and all the gift that she received, she was experiencing by sight. She accepted his offer, received his gift, and now she sees as clearly as anybody could ever see, see for all of eternity. Now, I'm no Mary Cummings. We see her jump when I said that. But I try my hand at poetry once in a while. So I let, me give, uh, let me give it a go here, and a little poem to follow up on that one. Right? She knew it was a decision she had to make, and she made it with sincerity without doubt or debate. As God heard her prayer to save her soul... It was a moving moment that would forever change her and make her whole. It's not a gift to some and not to others, as some would should suggest. It's a gift to everyone, and it's yours at your request. So don't delay. The decision that must be made may, may not last another day. So take the gift while it's offered and given and start enjoying it while you're still living. And I, I don't put a lot of stock on feelings, but when a person truly receives the gift as wonderful as Jesus Christ and eternal life, it's heart-moving. It's emotional. It's assuring. It's overwhelming. It's an experience that I can only tell you 
I have received and many here have received, but if you haven't received Christ, you've never experienced it. There's no way to explain it. It's just once Jesus moves in, it's over. The old man is dead and gone, and a new man rises up with a new pilot, <laughs> a new one sitting at the throne of his heart, and you all know what I'm talking about, and it never goes away, and you know for sure you're saved, so thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift. In the Bible, God deliberately used the word gift clearly to describe uh, what, he uh, what he would give uh, or, or what he gave us, I should say, in Christ Jesus and how salvation is acquired through faith in him without any works or efforts at all on our part. So, uh, for by grace are ye saved, what? Through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, right? Not of works, right? Lest any man should boast. Yeah, there's nobody in heaven boasting right now. They're only boasting on one person, that's Jesus Christ. So the truth is we are not selling anything here at Lighthouse. We never have, we never will, we don't even have rummage sales. Don't believe in them, we don't need them. We have a faithful God who provides for us. We survive here by gifts. The church survives by faithful people giving and then uh, and depending on a faithful God. So we don't promise anyone financial prosperity. I'm sorry. We don't promise that. Or that you will be healed from all your sicknesses. And the reason is, is because God sometimes uses both of them to bring you closer to him. Uh, the lack of them. But what we do offer here is the promise that you'll have peace with God through a simple decision by faith to trust in Jesus Christ. We're here to tell you what the Bible says about Jesus. And by the way, the Bible, all of it was written about Jesus. From the front cover to the back cover, the whole Bible is all about Jesus and how you can receive him and rejoice in him until he comes again to take you home with him. God wants you to have peace. And I, I, this is the one thing I've, uh, you know, I, I see in the world, they, you know, looking for peace. I'm never going to have peace in the world. It's going to get worse and worse as we go on. Uh, but the peace is in the world in Christ Jesus. Our peace. The Prince of Peace. If you have him, you can have peace in this chaotic, cursed world. So God wants you to have peace. And, and in just uh, one personal step of faith, the Bible says, uh, you can, it, he'll come to you and he'll give you peace. You'll receive the gift of God, uh, eternal salvation uh, through Jesus Christ. So with that said, he, he and his offer of eternal life is the greatest gift ever given. Amen? So I wanted to share with you some things, and I'll try to get us out of here by noon. Because there's just so much about this, I, I, I say I, I never can give it justice. So you know the problem with Christmas messages? The familiarity of it. It's just you've always heard, you've heard the same messages over and over again, and every pastor's home trying to find something new to preach, you know, so it'll be something new to your ears. But I want to tell you, the same old message is the best message ever, that Jesus Christ came to earth. One of the, one of the things in, uh, in um, 
Israel that I was so amazed at was uh, the, the uh, manger. Because they sat in the middle of fields and they're just concrete basins. They look like, you know the ones, you know the Catholics, how they set up the half a tub and they put Jesus in, inside of it? I don't like that, just so you know. It's, uh, it's disrespectful to God, I think. But you take that same tub and you lay it back down and you coat it with concrete. That's what Jesus came when he came. That's where he was birthed into. So what's so important about this great gift? Number one, it's free. It's the free gift. Uh, three times Paul calls it here the, the gift free. It doesn't, doesn't cost anyone anything. The price has already been paid for uh, by, by Jesus Christ. It wouldn't be a gift, by the way. If, it had, if you had to pay for it. In other words, if uh, somebody, I, can you imagine somebody doing that on Christmas? I went out, I thought of you, I bought you this, you just owe me $20. <laughs> so all we're doing here is just letting you know that this gift is free. It's for everyone. And what you do with the gift is up to you. But it's very, very important to know uh, what you do or don't do with this gift is uh, kind of uh, will determine some things. Number one is this, where your eternal home will be. It'll either be in heaven or it'll be in hell. And it depends on what you do with that gift, if you receive it or reject it. The second part of that gift is what your relationship will be with God. Will it be a, a close, friendly, childlike relationship or will it be an enemy of God's? Right? All depends on what you do with that gift, whether you receive it or reject it. And the third one is this, how your mind in this life will be. Right? Because once you get saved, it doesn't mean we're going to be exempt from suffering or from bankruptcy or from getting broken up in a car crash. None of that. We're not exempt from any of that. Right? No, we're not. We can have peace in all of it if you make that right decision. So how your mind be in this life? It's either going to be peaceful, joyful, understanding where you're going, or confused and chaotic, doubtful, just wondering what this is all about that we're witnessing here in the world today. So this gift is free, and the only obligation on your part is just to receive it by faith. That's it. And if, if, if we offered you a winning million-dollar ticket, I'm sure there's not a person in here that would not take that. But we're offering you something that's so much more. We're offering you the kingdom of God. And it costs you nothing. God paid for it himself through Jesus Christ. And but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, the gift is free. Secondly, is the gift is foolproof. What do I mean by that? Well, you can't go wrong with this gift. Um, everyone benefits and is blessed from receiving this gift. If you just look over to verse 15 that we just read, look at what it says. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of the one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded, right, to, man, uh, to many. And you look over at verse 18, and it says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judges was upon, judgment was upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, that free gift, 
came upon all men unto, look at it, justification of life. You cannot go wrong with this gift. It's foolproof. Offers of peace are disguised today to us. You understand that? They're disguised in a lot of different packages. We think we can find peace in positions. Or we think we can find peace in possessions. Or we think we can find peace in popularity. Or in, even in prayer, sometimes we just think we can find peace. And then in programs, right? There's so many programs out there. Or in philosophies. And God forbid, pills. You know, that we just take these pills, we'll find some peace. And what God wants us to know, and what every person finds out eventually, is peace does not come in anything that we can achieve in this life. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. And whosoever goeth therein shall not no peace. Isaiah 59, verse 3, 8, excuse me. People even think they can find peace in religion. Uh, I heard a father, my, I heard a, a father one day who I was witnessing to foolish, foolishly say, uh, well, I said, what are you going to do about your son and daughter? You know, we're, our, our da- sons, he had sons, and I said, what are you going to do about your sons? Um, you know, aren't you going to help them to make the right decision? Because he told me that I almost persuaded him into trusting Christ. I mean, he used the words right out of the, right out of the book of Acts. I almost pers- you almost persuaded me. So I said, well, then what are you going to do your, for your sons? And this is what he said. I'm going to let my sons believe whatever they want. When they get older, they can make that decision themselves. So he will he'll have to make... Uh, they will have to make peace with their God their own way, is what he's saying. And I wonder if he thought out that statement. Because I am convinced he didn't realize what he was saying. Now I want you to think about this. There's a war going on in Israel right now. Hamas is the bad guys. But they just took a, 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 a survey or whatever, and the Palestinians... Uh, 60 or 70 percent of them support Hamas. And you know why? Because they're brought up as a child to hate Israel. They're just brought up as a child to hate Israel. It's in their school systems. It's in everything they teach uh, outside of the school system in their homes. So I, I thought about that guy. Is that all the love he had for his child that he would let them believe whatever they, he wants even if Matt even if it meant risking his son's life, lives, right? For example, if his child wanted to be a religious terrorist like Hamas, killing those who oppose his belief, would that be okay with you, Dad? I think you would agree that statement is foolish after thinking about it, even though well-intentioned. I understand the intention. Letting his child make his own decision won't guarantee this child right, will make the right decision. So sometimes professing to be wise, what does the Bible say? We become fools. And it seems many people do not think through what God has said. And whatever God says is true. It's foolproof. Foolproof. So what we might believe could have flaws, but what God says can never be wrong. So that's why we go to his word. His words are the only ones we can trust. And that's what we're preaching out of today. And the sad 
ending to the story is this child will pay for his father's foolishness and probably learn that same foolishness and pass it on to his sons. Um, then why would we not do everything we can to keep our children? Think about that from going in the right direction and making the right decisions. Why wouldn't we do that? Trying to keep them safe, right? Trying to keep them from the evils of the world. And this is exactly what God is trying to do with you and me. Do you understand that the way God feels about you is the same way you feel about your children? Would God not warn you if you're going in the wrong direction? Would he not give you the right direction and then help you to stay on the right path? Well, of course he would. Sure he would. That's what receiving the gift does. It makes you a child of God. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, and everything about wisdom in the Bible is about Jesus Christ and God. He shall be delivered. So would God be so cold and callous that he doesn't care about what's going on in this world and in your life right now? Of course not. You know... He must care for us if he created us. But then you got the naysayers. Well, then why doesn't he do something about all the struggles and sufferings? Well, I got good news for you. He did do something. <laughs> he, he gave us a gift. And Jesus Christ, it's free. It's foolproof. Oh, it even gets better. Right? It's also, it lasts forever. It's a gift that lasts forever. Now think about that for a minute. The world can only offer you, <laughs> the world can only offer you a gift that lasts a lifetime. That's all it can offer you. But this gift comes with a forever guarantee. And by the way, forever is a long time. And there's no ending to it. Would you agree? So what kind of gift offers that? None that we know of except for the gift of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21 at the last there. It says that sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto what? Eternal life. I was talking to my grandsons yesterday. It was interesting. Um, we had our early Christmas party with Amanda and, and uh, John and the kids. And, um, and I said, you ever notice on every tombstone it reads born? And then, uh, then there's a dash. And then died. So it's got the name, born, and the date, dash, and then died, and the date. All that person's life is summed up in a dash. You ever thought about that? That's so sad to me when I think about it. You know, because uh, if you had the time and you could and you scribe on stones, there's so much there to that life you needed to know about. All of that person's life, almost everything he or she accomplished in their life. You know what happens after they die? It soon fades away and will be forgotten by most except for the close family. So some children are, or some dashes are longer than others, but all have an ending of death. So I want you to think about that as you dash around this Christmas season. We dash from one place to another trying to keep our heads afloat, never, cons never considering where we would go if we suddenly died. Suppose somebody in here doesn't make it till tomorrow morning. I've seen that happen twice this past year. They were counting on the next day and it wasn't there. 
So we hope that you would go to heaven, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we could know we're going to heaven? Wouldn't that be a, a, just a pleasant, peaceful thought, that if you, if you were to die today, you can know for sure you'd go to heaven? You see, the gift that God offers you goes well past the dash. <laughs> there is only one thing that is going to keep you from finding out what's beyond the dash, and that's you making a decision for Jesus Christ. So the Bible says you choose where you're going to spend eternity. You're either going to spend it in heaven or you're going to spend it in hell. 1 John 5, 11-13 says this, And this is the record that God had given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And these things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. Isn't it amazing that God wants us to know that? That you have eternal life, and once you receive Jesus Christ, if you've truly done it sincerely, you know it. All doubt is erased after that point. Doesn't the God who created us have a right to tell us how to get to heaven? Wouldn't he know the only way to get there? Because he created us. He says salvation is a gift. He said it. I didn't say that. So shouldn't we believe him? And then take it one step further. Further, shouldn't we receive that gift? Do you want to know something right now? I've gotten a lot of gifts already for Christmas. Do you know I haven't re rejected one of them? <laughs> he says no religion, no church, no special prayers, no works or gifts of money will ever get you into heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ. So you can keep as many Sabbaths as you want. You can confess the priest. You can give infant baptisms. You can confirmations of faith and any other tradition you want to think that can get you into heaven, doesn't get you into heaven. Listen, if, if I said this and it was not confirmed in, into the Bible and God's word that Jesus Christ is the only way into heaven, then you could call me a heretic. And I would understand you being blurry of anything that I say. But God said it and wrote it down in his word the Bible, to document it, right, and confirm it to, for all to see. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said that. And by the way, he did not say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. So the gift of God is free, it's foolproof, it lasts forever. This was my favorite one, it's filled with love. It's just filled with love. My two grandsons made me, uh, I'm using them as illustrations today because they're fresh in my mind. He, they made me two bookmarks yesterday with pictures of me with them. Right? Oh, they're beautiful. I, I've already, I already started to use them, and I'm grateful for them. You know why? Because they were filled with love. They were just filled. The motive of giving this gift was God's love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole motive behind God's gift to us was his love for us. With no strength attached, this gift is given strictly out of love for us. In other words, the Bible says you don't have to get right with God in order to receive this gift. It is given with no restrictions and no prerequisites. It's given out of love for you, and it's received by faith. 
He doesn't love you just as you are. He loves you, loves you in spite of who you are. He loves you uh, immensely, even in all of your sin. Years ago, and I'm going to pick on my daughter one, again, my family again. Years ago, Amanda scared... Uh, I almost had a heart attack. I'm, I'm glad I'm here today because it scared me out of my mind. My daughter Amanda was a couple years old when we were gathering at a flea market and there were hundreds of people there and when we were in line to get some ice cream I had I think I had my son Luke in my arms uh, holding him here Mandy was about two at that time uh, and she had a tantrum it wasn't getting the ice cream quick enough the crowd was too big and all of a sudden she cried yanked her hand out of my hand and went out of the store. There were so many people in the store, I barely could get out of the store to get her. By the time I got out there, I couldn't find her. This went on for like a half hour. There was thousands of people there, and nobody could find her. And I remember think going, the worst going through my head, somebody just stole her, or she's going to end up in the highway and get killed. And I was, I, we were screaming at the top of our lungs, and finally somebody heard us and went onto the PA system and, uh, and started uh, chanting over the PA system. So with all that said, for the next hour, I was scared out of my wits and have been in my life ever since for my kids. I remember hyperventilating. You ever hyperventilate? Uh, she was nowhere to be found. After finally announcing over the PA, hundreds of people looking for her, we found her hiding under a skirted vendor's table. And because I loved her so much, I couldn't think of living without her. That's the feeling. That feeling is still to this day. But I wanted to be her to death. I mean, I'm at home, and uh, I knew she needed something, spanking or something. I couldn't even do it because I was afraid of how hard I'd hit her. I would have given anything to find her. Listen to me closely. I would have given up my life to find her. And I want you to think for just a moment, I would like you to think about the broken heart of God. Someone took you out of his hands, and that name is Satan. This is exactly how we've made our God feel. This is the pain we put him through by sinning against him. And this is why we don't have true peace. It's because we're not at peace with God. The Bible is the book to tell us how much he loved us. We sinned against him and ran away from him for fear of him. And he sent Jesus after us. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. You know that his heart was so broken because of his great love for us, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the sin-cursed world to find us. I was blessed that my daughter could live, but God was not so fortunate. His son had to die to show us his great love. So to get this free, we're almost through here. It's foolproof. It lasts forever. It's filled with love. 
I want to just throw this one in too. This gift comes with complete forgiveness. You know, when I, when I was witnessing my, I lost my dad two years ago, and when I was witnessing my dad, he said to me, I've done things in my life that, would, that God would never forgive me for. He could not have been further from the truth, and by the way, he eventually got saved. But this is why my dad never had peace his whole life. He didn't have the peace that he desired because he didn't have peace with God. It's true, no man has the power to forgive sins, and no man has the answers to all life's problems. But one thing is for sure, God can forgive anyone for anything they did if they would simply ask for forgiveness, repent of their sin, and trust the Savior. And the cross of Jesus Christ proved that. He cried out from the cross, forgive them. They know not what they do. Wouldn't it be a peaceful thought to know that you were forgiven for anything and all wrongs you've ever done? Well, the Word of God says you were. You just have to accept that forgiveness. The Bible says that Jesus Christ can forgive sins because he paid the price for our sins by dying in our place. We owed a debt we could not pay. And he bears the scars for eternity to prove that he paid the debt. So he can forgive you because he died in your place. He forgave you when he paid your sin debt and then rose from the the dead to offer you eternal life. Jesus was God's gift to you. And that's what brings my last point we're through. The most important part of this whole message is a gift is for you. Personally. For all of you. Now, here's the most wonderful truth of all. That that gift that I've just told you all about can be received simply by faith. And you say, well, I don't know how much faith I got. You only got to have faith on mustard seed. Just to turn to him and admit you're a sinner and needs a Savior. And then believe on what he said and believe on him who said it. And then give your life to him. The peace on earth the angels sang about was Jesus himself. You want peace, you've got to have him. Peace is not found in the absence of a conflict mm-hmm. or the settlement of a debate or, a, 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 or a, some type of an agreement. True peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ, and it's for you personally. There will always be trials and conflicts. Does everybody understand that? There's always going to be that you'll have to go through. Nobody dies of old age. Something fails in the body. And that's what causes you to die. There will always be trials and conflicts. When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive his peace to go through them and get to the other side of them, which is an eternity with him in heaven. The Bible says Jesus did not come to bring peace to the world. Jesus said, think not that I am come to bring peace on earth. The Bible says He came as the peace offering of God. So Jesus is your peace. He's your only way into heaven. And that's the peace you're all looking for. It truly is. You don't know it subconsciously, but that's the peace you want. And the only way you're going to get that is to give your life to Jesus Christ. And once you receive him, you are at peace with God. So with all of this said, and we're we're done, your life can change forever right now this very moment it's yours for the asking 
Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. In whom ye have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So the feeling of peace, listen to me, is the byproduct of repenting, turning away from your sin, and receiving the gift of Jesus Christ. The greatest gift ever given to mankind. Let's bow our heads. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's bow our heads. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.